Hey you. Yeah, you. The one trying to make a video game. I've got someone here that can help you, and that someone is Intel, which is not a someone, it's a company. But this company, they are going to help you as if they were a somebody and a someone and also a something. Check out software.intel.com slash gamedev to find out how Intel is making sure all the innovation in gaming continues to happen on the PC as part of the Intel Game Dev program. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Sign up and start something new. It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It's the podcast where Mike annoys Jeffrey Michael Grubb on a weekly basis. How's that going for you, Mike? I forgot, that? I forgot your middle name is Michael. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is your middle name Jeffrey? No. Thank God. You should change it. You should change it to Jeffrey. No, I will not do that. Uh, this is the podcast where we decide everything in the world of games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. Hey, I established that pretty firmly. Yeah. It's me. Uh, Yay! Uh, in today's episode, we're going to go over some news. Uh, we got some games. Uh, I think the news has some pretty meaty topics, so no second topic this week. Also, I'm very tired. Mike also called himself Sleepy Mikey right before we started. Well, I'm always sleepy at this time of the day, though. Yeah, um, great. I don't have your audio in the video. I can figure fix that real quick. Mike, why don't you do some do something funny? Entertain these people for once. Well, I thought you said they don't have my audio or video. Well, no, I definitely have your video, and I have your audio on the podcast, the audio version. Uh... Man, you sure are stupid, Jeff. No wonder that that Firefall guy doesn't like you. <laughs> so that's been a good, a good fun time this week. Very, <laughs> very grumpy with me. Um, all right, let's let's do this stuff first. Isn't it uh... your job to know about <laughs> the uh, development history of Firefall? That people are so right that I should know everything about this game that doesn't exist anymore. Also, I think does, you did know that anyways, and it was I, really I, more more of a matter of, you know, uh, his hypothetical situation about how that game would have been a success if, like, they didn't rip it from him. Uh, yeah, stupid. and I'm like, I, dude, homie, I wrote the, the news story when it happened. Like, they they got they ripped it away from you. We're, I'm, we're talking about this. People aren't going to know, but I don't know. The guy that made Firefall, which was a, a big game that was supposed to be, like, the WoW with guns or whatever. Um he got mad at me because I, well, I, I made fun of him on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, they, yeah, they're like, you shouldn't, you know that that game would have been fine if they wouldn't have taken it away from me. And I'm like, dude, you actually just spent money faster than you can make it. And that's why they took it away from you. Um, this, this is what we're doing now. Uh, you can get more from me and Mike at gamespeed.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at games plus podcast at Um, you can also get us on Twitter at gamesbeat or at GB decides. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or any number of other sources, you can subscribe to the audio version of this show. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all the places where pods are caught. Uh, Finally, if you like what you're hearing, uh, which is just implausible, I think, at this point, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you could rate us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. All right, Mike. So other than I, I can't even actually I can't even remember his name right now. Mark Kern. Kern. It's like it sounds like Mark Cerny, but it's Mark Kern. Yeah. Mark Kearney. Okay. I was no, no, Kern. Kern, yeah. Cerny is someone else. This is just Kern. Okay. He oh, was a just, writer. Just Kern. Okay. Just Kern. He was a writer on 
World of Warcraft Vanilla, and then he left uh, like six months after that launch. Oh, he worked on so, some other Blizzard games. So he's the guy that made World of Warcraft such, such a no, success, he, right? No, he just was a writer. I mean, I'm sure he helped. I don't want to diminish <laughs> his, you know, accomplishment or whatever, but he did not like make World of Warcraft. Sounds like you're diminishing his, his contributions. I mean, there's a zillion MMOs that have come out from the people who made World of Warcraft. Well, Wild Star was the same exact thing. Isn't it your job to know this stuff, though? Yeah, That's right. Well, I literally know it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sure. Uh, okay, well, we should get into other topics instead of making this show all about that this week. Um, we've been playing some games. So what have you been up to? Uh, hey, speaking of World of Warcraft, yeah, I stopped playing a lot of World of Warcraft these days, man. I've actually been playing like a decent amount less of Hearthstone, just kind of this expansion, and been playing a ton of World of Warcraft. But it's been fun, you know. Um, yeah. They, they keep they've they've been intro, they've kind of been introducing a lot of content leading up to this next expansion launch. Uh, there's these new kind of they're called allied races, like you know, like in an MO, there's all different races you can play as. Mm-hmm. And normally, though, like every other expansion, though, they maybe will introduce one or two. What they're doing in this one is they're they're introducing a lot more, but they're kind of like variations on races that have already exist. So instead of like. Uh, Torrin, it's the high mountain Torrin, and they have antlers, you know, so, so things like that. Like, they're not incredibly, entirely unique, but they are from different areas. They look different. They have their own backstories. And the kind of neat thing about them is you have to unlock them in the game before you can make one of them. So there's kind of this grind and quest progression thing. So it's almost kind of like an achievement in a weird way. And, you know, I, I like that stuff. Like, oh, cool, I have to actually earn this. There's just a million little things I can do in that game right now. To like, like there's a mount I want, so every week I go to this old uh, raid and hope that it drops. There's another mount I wanted, so I was doing these quests in this old zone, and you know, again, hoping that that will drop. I'm leveling up a hunter uh, alliance character so that I can do some things on the alliance side I can't do on the horde side. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, there's a lot to do, so I've been enjoying it. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like it's the game that is still better than anything else at keeping players engaged for long periods of time. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Yeah, like every game that is trying to do that these days still feels like it's chasing this same thing as it's always, as you know, as always. But, um... I, I I don't know. Uh, have you been getting into anything else? Yeah, I well, see, see Celeste still. Yeah, it's the uh, game I'm I, still playing. Yeah, I beat um, the first seven chapters, then I beat that bonus chapter too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really, really fun. Uh, liked that a lot. I did some of the B sides because I get to get at least four of those hearts. Right, you can get hard for doing the B side, and I did like the B side for the hotel. Did you do that one? Uh, I don't know. I think so because that's yeah. like one of that's like the third world or fourth world. Yeah, or... third or fourth world. Like it was like one yeah. of the hardest things I had done in a game. I thought it yes. was so difficult and it was kind it of was awesome. Really hard. Yes, uh, it was great. They don't joke around with those B sides. Um, no, it, but it's, but it's because it's like these kind of micro levels, right? Like mm-hmm. that that are like it's a it's a long level, but it's stitched into all these segments. Like something's really hard, but you can keep going at it and slowly get better and make progress to the point where like you'll eventually get them. Really, mm-hmm. oh yeah, there. totally. Mm-hmm. And if, like for people that feel like they they aren't, they have all those those difficulty options to mess around with, and they can get it too. So, a very uh, rewarding game in terms of challenging people and making you feel accomplished, but also very accommodating at the same time. I, I, I'm I'm trying to one hundred percent that game right now. Yeah. I'm um, getting pretty close. So. You been watching any speedruns? No, because I I don't want to feel bad about myself yet. Like I'm, st- I'm still in that zone where I'm like I I am still struggling with a lot of these levels for, you know. 200 deaths sometimes um uh 
so yeah, I don't want to like go and watch these guys just be so good at it quite yet, but I can't wait because boy, is this game going to be a hell of a speed run thing. I've been just watching kind of uh, any percent, so just getting through the first seven chapters, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really neat. They're doing things I don't quite understand, like a lot of like like down like like dashing into the ground to like really build this momentum that looks really right. crazy. Yeah, there's a ton of momentum tricks in the game that like yeah, once you even start to get a hint at it, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot more going on in the physics system here than the, the game lets on at first. Um, I, I've been playing a few other, uh, a few other things. I can just kind of run through them. Um, Steep, that Ubisoft Extreme Sports Steep. Winter Game. Yes. What, were you inspired by Sean White's uh, Olympic run? N not quite. I, I had it going before that, actually, but, I mean, that, that helped. Um they have a, an Olympic Games like add-on, um, an expansion, like a ro the road to the Olympics. And it's not like you get to play as any of the main people in the Olympics, but they have these interviews with them like between all of these sort of set-up challenges that are like, oh, here's how the, the, the fictional character you're playing as got to the Olympics, and here's all the things they had to do, and you get to do that stuff. And, you know, that game's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Uh, it, it, it's also like a reminder of just how like these Ubisoft games stick around for so long that and and they, and they somehow I don't know it's it's some sort of trick that they're doing where they make you think oh wow that game's still around and and you know it must it must matter there must be something happening there um, that's what happened with like me and Rainbow Six and and there is something happening there that game is just keeps getting better it's it's really good um, but it's I think it it's something that could work with all their games because I, I I felt the same thing about Steep and now I'm enjoying that as well. Um, we'll I mean we'll see if that content like really has anything at the end of it because I'm still at the, like the progression stage. I don't know if they're going to have any actual Olympic competitions because it is called Road to the Olympics. So we'll see. Uh, but I guess that's why there was no Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games this year because right. Ubisoft, Ubisoft got the license. So. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft saved Sega from themselves. <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, Descenders is another one I've been playing. This game is a downhill bicycling, like mountain biking game. Essentially, this is like another. You're, you're extreme. all extreme sports. I, I'm, I am very. I got my Mountain Dew and my Red Bull and my Monster <laughs> Energy drink, and I call it the cocktail. And boy. Whoa. It really, it really makes my heart want to die. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but Descenders doesn't. It's a really good game. It's um, a, again very physics heavy. Uh, very much. It's like one of these games where you know it's a three D downhill game. It's not like Trials where it's two D. Um, and it's very punishing if you're not gonna actually try to take it seriously and try to get very accurate with the with the sticks. The left stick controls the steering of the bike, but the right stick controls like your body, and you have to sort of twist yourself to do these power slides into turns because if you don't you're going to be going way too fast uh and you'll carry your momentum right off and so you have to use this kind of complicated almost skate like um you know skate ea skate uh, like control scheme um that i find really satisfying and then the structure of the game itself is set up like spelunky where you have these four worlds that you need to go through but you have to start at the beginning each time uh, and you get four lives, uh, basically four times that you can bail, and you have to get all the way through to the end. And if you complete bonus objectives along the way, you'll get an extra life, and that'll keep you going a little bit longer. Uh, and then it also has like the daily challenge, which is, which is exactly like Sp uh, Spelunky as well. So it's it's interesting to see that 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 structure of Spelunky applied to something so different, uh, but it really works. Uh, it's something that's like okay, now that I get that. I could see myself going back every day to just at least try the daily challenge. 
because you get to just try that once, and it's self-contained, and I like that idea. I wish more games would actually just steal that stuff from Spelunky. Um, also, Age of Empires Definitive Edition. Mike, did you ever play any Age of Empires? Yeah, back when I was a kid. I, right. I had my run with it. Yeah, this is like this is the game, same thing, twenty from 20 years ago, made to run on modern systems. I do think there's some quality of life improvement stuff, uh, mostly in terms of like pathfinding um, and just maybe a, a few a few UI things. But uh, for the most part, it's the game you're going to remember, and it works well. Uh, it is exclusive to the Windows 10 Store, and I have had some issues there getting it to actually work with my account because I have it on one account and I want to play it on my Windows account. But that's that might just be a me thing. Um, uh, and then also like trying to play it in full screen. Those universal Windows, you know, platform games can have some issues there, but for the most part, it's just it just works and it's and it's fine. Um, I I don't know. Go ahead. Is it a little weird? You think that it, this is the first one, right? Yes. Wasn't the sequel just kind of better? Like this, yes. just me remembering as a kid. So I, I I didn't play a ton of any Age of Empires. I was very much a Civ, a Civ guy. I liked turn based. Uh, but yes, Age of Empires two was definitely better. And you could tell because this game, it just feels like it is this relentless race that is over before you know it if you're losing. Uh, and if you're losing, you're just like if, at, almost at any point, if you're far enough behind, it's just over. And so it just feels like this. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a waste of time. You're still going through all the motions and you're learning stuff and you can apply it to the next run. Uh, but they definitely expand on this stuff in... Um, in, in the in the sequels that, that and that's kind of what I was gonna say is this feels like more like it's a chance to whet people's appetite for the upcoming new Age of Empires sequel that's coming right out, so um Bayonetta two on the Switch I didn't hey, even, it's a good game I didn't even mean to start playing this Mike like I'm like okay I'm gonna get this game and once I get a little bit of time in the next week or so maybe I'll do some video of it I mean people know what it is but uh you know I'll remind people yes this is still a good game get it on your Switch that's awesome. Uh, I booted it up and I just couldn't, I couldn't put it down. It's still so good. It's, it's just so honking bananas from the very first second and it doesn't let up and it knows what it is and it's fun and, and colorful. It blitzes your eyes with nonstop action. Um, and yeah, and it works on the switch. I, I was thinking at the very beginning, like, ah, actually there's too much stuff happening on this small screen. Uh, this is the game that maybe won't work on switch, but uh, ever since that very beginning, like fight, um, I haven't felt that way anymore. Uh, especially once you kind of remember like, Oh yeah, there's this lock on. And you know, once you start re remembering like what all the enemies look like and they're so distinct that it really does work. So yep. Good game. Still good. You heard it here first, Mike. Yeah, I I, be, I don't think I need to go back. I liked it. Uh, I don't know if I, it's the thing I need to go back to. Yeah. That's I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, I think pe people all have different favorite platinum games, and I think that might be mine. Yeah, that's, you do not like Nier. You do not like Nier. No, I don't. Uh, no, but you I don't. like that one. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Bayonetta 2 is a million times better than Nier Automata. What are we talking mm. about? A million. A million. A million gazillion. Yes, a million gazillion billion. Um, Mike, let's go. we should jump to the news now. That's sure. good. Yeah, dude. All right, we got a we got a few big headlines here. I think we're just gonna go in order of how I put them in this list. Um, first up is Shadow of the Colossus on PlayStation Four. That remake came out, and boy, is it selling. Um, it topped yeah. the it topped the UK charts and it outsold the PlayStation Two launch by seventy three percent. 
So, like, you match those two, the two launches up, the PlayStation 2 version and this version. Uh, this one is just completely outdoing it. I think UK numbers are done by... Um, are done by unit sales. Uh, so, you know, this version costs $40. That old one costs 50 There's some disparity there, but $40 is still uh, quite a bit of money, and I bet it still ended up making a lot more money um, than the original. So, yeah, that's impressive. I, I, I mean, we've been seeing these remakes do really well, especially on PlayStation systems right now, and I, I, I do think a big part of that is the bulk of Sony's audience is just right in that sweet spot where they are coming out of college and they have a lot of disposable income. Uh, and they remember a lot of these games from when they were very young kids. And now they're going to get a chance to go back and experience them like the way they play games now. And that's why something like crash bandicoot does so well. And now this, uh, we're going to just keep seeing these, aren't we? Like oh, yeah, Sony's going to like start looking around and be like, what can we do next? Yeah. And they definitely have options, right? I mean, uh, I know it's coming up, but there's the spiral thing that's, that's pretty yeah, heavily we, rumored. We, we could just talk about that right I, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's happening. I'm sure Eco's just going to get a similar treatment as right. this, at this point, right? And uh, yeah, great, do it. Yeah, yeah that's to- for sure. That's totally fine. Um, uh, yeah, and that, that is the, one of the other stories. Spyro Trilogy Remaster coming to PlayStation 4 this year. Again, that's per- that's a rumor, but it, that's going to happen. Um, and yeah. the word there is that it's going to be. Um, exclusive to PlayStation 4 for a year, and then after that, it'll probably come to everything, I, the Switch included. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because there's rumors now that, like, Crash Bandicoot's going to come to Switch style. I still think that's a mistake for them. It's yeah, weird. But, you know, they they got those first-year sales. I mean, Crash Bandicoot might hit the other stuff later. Uh, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, because if they want to keep that excitement of the PlayStation audience going uh, for future Crash games... They would want to keep it exclusive, but I don't know. Maybe Sony just didn't want to pay the full price for that. So, fools. Yeah, yeah. idiots. Listen to Mike Minotti. That's what this show actually should be called. I thought um, it was called that. You lied. <laughs> uh, loot box legisl- legislation has been introduced in the state of Hawaii. Uh oh. Uh, Mike, did you did you write about this? I think you were kind of like, or at least kind of. No, I was looking at it. Looking um, at it. I mean, I, I looked at it too. Uh, we can kind of go over like the the basic things here. There's a bunch of bills that have been introduced. Um, there's Senate Bill three zero two four. This would prohibit the sale of any game featuring a system wherein players can purchase a randomized reward using real money to anyone younger than twenty one years old. Uh, the, there's another two bills. Um, and these ones would require video game publishers to prominently label the game and say that it contains the randomized purchasing system. Uh, they would also have to disclose the probability rate of receiving each loot box reward. So, yeah, I mean, this stuff's going to, I think it's going to keep happening until things sort of sort out or, um, you know, legislators get tired and get distracted and move on to something else. Um, I, but, I mean, do you think that, I, I guess, first, do you think these bills make sense? Um... I don't know. No, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of any of this uh, sort of, you know, people telling people what games to buy or, or can't. Yeah. Uh, I understand that uh, these things could be exploitive to, to minors. I still think it's an issue that can be kind of handled on a micro level, you know, parents or in game systems uh, or, or what have you. And I just don't like the government uh, getting involved in this. I think it's strange that some people seem to be applauding and cheering as they do, like headlines like you know, uh, oh, they're gonna not allow you know you to buy Hearthstone or 
buy a pack of cards arsenal lets you like prove you're 18 and was like yay i was like oh uh, huh yeah it, it skews me out a little bit especially because like i do have memories of playing magic the gathering as a kid and like i i would just be it'd be weird if someone came and took that away from me suddenly right yeah i know because yeah i had the same thing with like pokemon and, and all these things and you know i understand some people are you know out of control but that happens with you know almost everything mm-hmm. uh so I, yeah it's just it just still seems like people are still kind of having this reaction to the the the, e, the ea star wars battlefront 2 thing it's it's so funny how that is all that game is going to be remembered for even before it came out even once it out and like that's the legacy now long afterwards just all going to be this stuff about its loot boxes yep it, it will be remembered as the loot box game for sure uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how EA tries to react to any of this, but um, I, I would imagine that these bills are going to face a lot of opposition from the ESRB or the I'm sorry the ESA um, as they say, you know, actually, unless someone can prove how this is really hurting people, instead of just saying, oh, it's like gambling, which doesn't mean much. Like lots of things could be like gambling. I think you have to say it's like gambling and here's how it actually hurts people in a documented sense. Um, and so people could do that. And I, you know, I, th- I saw some analysts on Twitter saying th- the similar things. This is all going to be first amendment stuff. Like they're going to say, Hey, we're actually just this system in our game is speech. Like it's, it's, it's a software system, but it is part of our artistic expression and it's protected. And unless you can really prove a high bar of saying, no, it's, it's hurting people because it's gambling, um, you know, and that's going to be a tough thing to prove. I, I do think it's probably going to be a lot of these things are going to be thrown out or overturned by higher courts, um, you know, the, you know, the Hawaiian Supreme Court or the actual U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, you know, that said, does this, does, is this stuff going to help? Uh, probably not. I mean, it's, it sounds like it's just going to, like, destroy the mobile gaming ecosystem completely. Um, right. Yeah. That's yeah, the whole industry would be in bad news bears land. I mean, I guess, I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the exact language I'm, I'm taking language from other places online. Uh, I mean, like this one says it would prohibit the sale of any game featuring a system. So maybe you could give the game away for free. Um, yeah. I don't got wording, right. Right. And then also maybe also the, like the, uh, the idea that you can't purchase a randomized reward using real money. Okay, well, how about if I purchase a token? Can I purchase a token and that token can be used to bu- then buy a, a randomized reward? Like, is, are there loopholes here that are just going to be exploited immediately and all these bills just don't make any sense and probably just, you know, hold back things that are trying to be a little bit more transparent about how you're using your money? So, it, it, I don't know. You're right. I, I think your original sentiment about it's weird that the government's getting involved in this stuff and telling game developers how they can make games. Especially when it seems to be starting to self-regulate itself just, just fine through the, you know, like, you know, obviously it's not going to go away, but I think, you know, where, when it did cross a line with the battle for two, it it kind of, you know, was course corrected pretty quickly. Yeah. And and I get the the threat of regulation from the people that are yelling uh, the loudest, that is the stuff that gets companies to self-regulate and, and course correct. Um, but yeah, I, I, it feels like they did a, a lot of people that still want that stuff are like, we don't care how they're going to regulate or course correct. We're going to ride this thing to, into the ground until we actually get some stuff on the book so they can never try this again. And I'm like, ah, I think you'll regret that in the end. Or, you know, maybe you'll just end up hurting other people that like different kinds of games than you. 
But yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, this story's not going to go anywhere. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this through, through, for the rest of the year at the very least. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, on this same topic, uh, uh, a senator asked uh, the ESA's ESRB, the ratings board, to... Uh, well, first, they want them to go back and re-examine their decision or, or their determination about loot boxes and whether or not it's gambling. The ESRB said, no, it's not. Uh, the senator also says they want the ES- ESRB to increase game ratings for games that do have loot boxes. So it can't just be teen. It's got to be, I think, mature. So maybe Overwatch would become a mature game all of a sudden. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, which does have some effect on how it's sold at certain stores. Um, Walmart and things like that, which is a huge retailer for video games. Um, uh, ESRB is a, is not a government organization. It is a self, you know, it exists as a thing to self-regulate. But when a senator starts asking, that's like that comes with the implied threat of again government regulation. So we'll see how the ESRB reacts to this. And again, this is just something that's going to happen for the rest of the year. Yep, more fun stuff. Yep. Um, finally, uh, THQ Nordic has acquired Coke Media, and Coke Media is the parent company of Deep Silver, which is the company that acquired uh, uh, Saint Delicious Sodas. No, they do not. Um, and they aren't uh, the Koch brothers either. Um, they acquired Saints Row and a couple other games from THQ when THQ went under, when they went bankrupt in like 2015, I think. Uh, THQ Nordic was just Nordic Games. They acquired the THQ name and then games like Darksiders and a bunch of other THQ stuff. And it sounds like they're trying to like really reestablish THQ as what it was. Um, and I, I, what I imagine is any moment now, THQ Nordic's gonna be like, Hey, we dropped Nordic. We're just THQ now. THQ publishing. Right. Yeah. It's funny how THQ is like a back. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very, there bad. it is. Yeah. I mean, do you, uh, does it mean anything to you that like this THQ Nordic is trying to like bring back Saints Row? Like, no. uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, they, that Saints Row spinoff came out, uh, last year, man, that couldn't have possibly made less of an impact. Yeah, it really, really, it failed. Like without a doubt. Like that's there's no other way to put it. It was a failure, um, and that's probably. I think we're looking at the the effect of that cause of that game coming out and not really gathering many people, not getting people excited or anything like that. Um, and now that they, they own that 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 failure, that failure to recoup investment has maybe led Coke Media to say, "Hey, let's get out of this business. Let's sell off while we can." THQ Nordic's buying. You know, let's sell. So, I, I don't know. I like Saints Row games, and I hope THQ Nordic knows what they're doing, but I, I just... I, they're making a Darksiders game, and I, I, we haven't seen that or anything, really, so who knows? Yeah, it's just, it just seems like, I don't know, especially Darksiders, man. Like, some of these things are just so 2000s franchises, uh, or what have you. I can't imagine people being excited about Darksiders 3, or, I don't maybe maybe Saints Row 5 people would care about, I, I guess, but it's hard to see. Yeah. Um, Mike, I don't have any other news. Uh, anything else from the past week you want to talk about? <sighs> it's been a little quiet, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think what we we went through that January period, and it was it kind of got way more intense than I think a lot of people yeah. were expecting, at least more than I was. Um, and now it feels like okay, actually, this is the end of 2017 finally, yeah. and we're getting that breather that we were promised. You know, yeah, things year. are actually calming down now, right. which is uh, a little nice. But yeah, I'm sure and, it'll it, pick up. When then March, you have GDC and our things right, exactly. so pick up again. So yeah, we're gonna get into GDC. We get into like PAX East. Um, 
you know, some big games are launching. Uh, Did you see my retro beat this week about that? Uh, that not yet. Nintendo sixty four game. No, not 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 yet. But I, 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 this is the one that like the first Nintendo like <laughs> new Nintendo sixty four game and like. 20 years or some shit. Right, right like 15 since they discontinued yeah, okay. it in 2003. And it's funny because it's it's a game that came out. It's called 40 Winks. It just was supposed to come out for PlayStation and the 64, and it only came out for PlayStation. And, like, these guys are now just releasing that Nintendo 64 version. It's, like, not supposed to be a great game, but it's, like, no. <laughs> a new game for the Nintendo 64. So why not? Yeah, well, like... Do they explain their motivation? They're just like we did this because well, we this could? company does this sort of thing. They they've done Genesis, uh, okay, Super Nintendo things like this. Games that are were maybe only in one re- region, like they have some Chinese uh, Genesis game that they made English carts for, or um, like the games that were like ma- canceled and they get the code for and they make the the carts for. Them. I mean. It, it's not like this stuff is, you know, licensed by Nintendo, no, right? You're not getting that not. Nintendo seal of quality, but I mean, <laughs> it, you know, they send you a cart, it's in a box, so you can put it in your system and play it. Yeah, I, uh, I always wonder, like, if there's a way, like, to make a living or, like, make a business, like, selling old games, excuse me, selling, like, actual physical old games that work on old hardware, or, you know, selling new games made for those old systems, um... Because, I mean, it seems like maybe there would be a market for that stuff, but at I this point... There's a small market. Right. Uh, but, it's a thing, but it's not it's not very big. Yeah, it just seems like if you're going to do that, though, why not just make it a downloadable game that's on Steam? Right. And, and, even, and everything. even this 40 Winks thing, as, while they're doing this, they're going to go ahead and, like, release the digital, right. digital version for Steam, right? So Exactly. So, yeah. like it. I mean, I, I really like this idea. I, I think that concept is super fascinating, but even I would probably just play the digital version because it would just be so much more convenient. See, I would I would go ahead and play the the Nintendo sixty four version because I mean yeah. I already have my stuff ready to go and I think it's it's interesting. Yeah, and, and it's actually that's what I was thinking. Like now that I got the uh, the Super NT, if a new Super Nintendo game came out, I I actually would do that. So I'm wondering if there's a maybe like a collaboration between these these clone console makers and these people working with old hardware to make new software. If there's something that could be done there, like I think someone made a Netflix that would work on the NES. And if someone sold that cartridge, I would <laughs> I, I would buy it instantly. That's I funny. would totally get that because I would just like want to buy mess around with that. But you know, it's uh, that's a really weird custom thing, and that cartridge would probably cost three hundred dollars or something sure. like that. So, but I don't know. Um, but I'll, if you want to learn more story. about it, read this week's retro beat <laughs> on gamesbeat.com. Yep, and I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, quick episode, but I, you know, it felt pretty good. I felt like we packed a lot of info in sure. there. And we will be back next week with even more. Uh, in the meantime, Mike, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? You can find me on gamesbeat.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Tolkoto. That's T-O-L-K-O-T-O. You also do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com. Our last episode, we talked about our recent trip to Disney World and all the new things we saw and all the places we ate and stuff we did. Uh, so, you know, if you're a Disney fan like me, check that out. Did that episode go up yet? I, I feel like I... I think it did. I think it went up today, yeah. Okay, it went up today. All right, awesome. Because I, like, I haven't checked my podcast feed in a little bit. I was interested to hear more about that stuff. Because it's one of those things, you know, now that I have a family, me and Steph keep talking about, hey, we should actually start thinking about really doing that. And I keep I keep reading about that Star Wars hotel, and they keep teasing it, and they say it's going to happen in 2019, and boy, does that just sound like my jam. Well, now you two can listen to our podcast during your next sexy times. Like, I know you already do. Oh, yeah, we already do that, totally. I don't think it gets us in the mood anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we really screwed up. That Pablo <laughs> response is real shit. 
Um, <laughs> uh, I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter, um, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb, and then twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. I've, I've been trying to stream a lot more on Twitch, um, especially like when I have like games just to cover. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stream them at the same time. So I like, I did Descenders on there and I played Age of Empires. And I have been playing around with the Logitech wheel a lot more. Like I got your American Truck Simulator during this Lunar New Year event sale on Steam uh, for like five bucks. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is a good time. And I just I played that, did a couple runs of that. Um, so yeah, check that out. I'm usually on pretty late at night because uh, yeah, again, new dad stuff. But you know, check that out. Usually, you can follow and you'll get a notification. Um, other than that, though, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. We'll be back again with new information for your ear holes and 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 the visuals of me and Mike sitting next to each other on the internet. Uh, yeah, until then. That is literally what happens. That's uh, yeah. I'm very literal in when I describe <laughs> things. All right, everybody. I'm hitting the end button. See you guys then. Bye. Bye. All right. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Um, I'll let you go. Alrighty, yeah, I think I'm gonna go do a little jimmy. <laughs>